0: Thank you for being here tonight. Welcome back. I know we had the week off last week, but we are through Thanksgiving, and we are on to Christmas. Some of us got to Christmas a little too early, uh, Hobby Lobby, but that's okay, because now we are officially on to Christmas. If you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year, I think you can agree with me there it's a a fun time of year it's a special time of year and and I know that it's we're getting into the Christmas season because Allie starts to subtly drop hints about what she wants me to buy her and it's not so subtle because she just texts me pictures of things Um, but it's subtle enough and and one thing we've learned in the three Christmases that we have spent together is that it is difficult to buy a Christmas present for your spouse and keep it a secret Especially when you share a bank account. Because all it takes is one purchase at one specific store that she knows she didn't make and so must have been me and I must have purchased something for her. But I need to tell you a secret. Is that okay if I tell you a secret tonight? I'm not good at keeping secrets. Uh, I come by it honestly. My mother is the worst secret keeper ever. Ever. And so I inherited that from her, but I am just not good at keeping secrets. Some of the biggest secrets I've ever tried to keep, I eventually talk my way into. That's why when I was younger, I always got in trouble because my parents just let me talk long enough and eventually I would talk myself into trouble and, and it happened often and, and I never learned my lesson but the hardest secrets are often the secrets that are the best. They have the best news involved. The biggest secrets are the ones that we can't wait to tell people about. And there's one specific secret that I had to try and keep with the best of my ability for a long time. And I was successful to a certain degree. And, and shortly after Allie and I began dating, uh, that was in May, I, I kind of knew that, that we were on a, a certain course and, and I was pretty much ready to, to be done. And so in October, I purchased a ring. And so I began to try and figure out how to, how to keep this secret to myself and especially not tell Allie. And so I began telling people that were closest to me that I cared about most. Obviously, my family knew and her family knew and, and then my best friends, those in my closest circle. And, and then I found myself telling people that I, I don't even really know that well that could care less that I had just purchased a ring for this person that they don't know because they barely know me, but I just needed to tell someone because it was good news and it was, it was just needing to come out. And so about a month after I bought it, we walked into Thanksgiving time and all the families were in town and we, were, we had decided, we had come up with this plan that we were going to have the whole family, mine and hers, over to our house for Thanksgiving lunch. And sometime during the week, we, we began just trying to figure out when exactly I would give this good news, or I hoped it was good news to her at least. I'm not sure if uh, she was ready, but she said yes, so it must have been good news. And so there was some discussion about, well, we'll just eat and then we'll wait until after, and I vetoed that very quickly because uh, this secret was coming out of me one way or another, and it was either going to be very unromantic, unspecial at the table... Or we were going to do that before we ate, and so I convinced everyone that we should do that right as everyone was getting there, and then we could enjoy the rest of the day. Well, Ali arrived about twelve ish, and we were going to eat at one. So sometime between twelve and one, I was going to give this good news. I was going to share this secret that I'd been keeping for over a month from the one that was most special to me. And then her brother and sister-in-law were late. And she began asking questions like, "What is wrong with you? Why are you so irritated? Why are you so short with me? Why?" All these questions, and I just couldn't tell her why. But then eventually, we everyone arrived, and I asked her to come upstairs with me to help me with something. And uh, we had this special thing set up, and I was finally able to get the biggest secret I'd ever kept from anyone off my chest, because that's the point. When you have good news, it's not to keep it a secret, it's to to let someone know about it. It's to let those around you know about it. So who would you tell first if you had really good news? You wouldn't keep that to yourself, that's the whole point of good news, it's to share it, it's not to keep it to yourself, so think to yourself, who would you share with first? First? Those most important in your life, those who have the most meaning in your life, those who have been there for you the longest, those who have cared for you that you know would be excited about this good news that you have to share with them, because that's the whole point with good news. And tonight in Luke chapter 2, we're going to see that there was some good news and that good news needed to be shared, but the person in the, the group that it was shared with was maybe not exactly the cream of the crop, or maybe not exactly the, the first choice of who should be told this, but that's who was told this because it was important. And it's important that here in Luke 2 that we see why it was told to this group. So tonight we're gonna to talk about the shepherds, and as we walk through the next few weeks leading into Easter, we're gonna kind of talk about some different characters and different stages of the, the Christmas story that we all know and love, and, and that we get to talk about this time of year, this special time, this story that we're gonna share through the next few weeks. And, and tonight it's my job to kind of walk us through the, the job or the, the the point of telling this big secret, this good news to the shepherds. So I'm gonna read for us in verse uh, 8 of chapter 2. I'm just going to read it straight through, and then I want us to walk back through and try to, try to figure out who these shepherds are and why it's so important that they found out the good news. So pick up with me in verse 8, and I'll read it. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. With the angel's... And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. So the first thing we need to understand, we need to walk through this text, is we need to understand who the shepherds are. Who the shepherds are. And the shepherds had a specific job to do, and, and, and we've all heard about shepherds. We all know what shepherds do. They care for the flock, whether it's sheep or goats or whatever it may be. A shepherd is to care for the flock, now, these are special shepherds, if you would, they and they've been given a specific task of high importance. It's most likely that these shepherds were tasked with uh, watching over the sheep that would eventually be purchased to sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. You see, these families and these, these tribes would travel long distances to get to Jerusalem, for the day of sacrifice and it was really important that the sheep or whatever they were going to sacrifice was kept pure and clean uninjured so if you can imagine a a caravan of, of people traveling a far distance trying to keep a sheep from getting itself injured it's relatively difficult and so these shepherds were tasked with keeping the sheep close by so that when it was time for the families to come to Jerusalem they could sell these sheep to the families, and it would be a pure, unhurt, uninjured uh, un, um, sheep. So these these uh, these shepherds were very important. They were, uh, rather than carrying, uh, carrying these sheep so far, they would sell the sheep, and they are very important. But this was not necessarily a glamorous task. You would assume that because it's for such an important reason, these sheep are so important to people that this would be a glamorous task, but it wasn't. Because these shepherds and shepherds in this day and age were social outcasts. They were rough characters. They were people who didn't have any influence. They were kept on the outskirts of town. They were supposed to be outside of the the view of people. They They were not good people. They were not necessarily the people that you would think of as the most important. And quite frankly, they had nothing that would qualify them to be in this situation when the angel shows up. Not one thing about them made them worthy of hearing this good news. So the shepherds were the least likely to hear about the good news. And furthermore, they were probably the most unexpected to hear about it first. So not only were they the least likely to hear it, but definitely the most unexpected to hear it first. But that's exactly where we find ourselves in this story. You see, it would have made sense for God to choose the religious elite because after all, they've been studying the scripture. They've been studying all these things. They understand that a Messiah is coming. And so it would make sense. It would be logical if the, the angel showed up at the synagogue to tell all the, the preachers and the scribes and the scholars. That would make sense. They would be the ones that people would listen to. They'd be the ones that people would, would align themselves with. And when they said the Messiah has come, people would get in line. But that that, that would have made a lot of sense. But that's not what God did, and it would have made sense for God to tell a king or a rich man, somebody with influence and power, because that's all their testimony when, when they go to tell people about it, when they go to share their experience, a king or a rich young man or a rich ruler would, would have a little bit more sway over people's hearts and minds. When a king tells you a story of something that's happened to him, you're a little bit more likely to listen to that king than you are a shepherd. And although the the shepherds were the least likely and the most unexpected, that's exactly who God chose to tell first for a very specific reason. Because we know that God is not a God of, of coincidences, and we know that if he told the shepherds first, that he told them for a very specific reason. And as we begin to align ourselves with these shepherds, as we begin to look at these shepherds' lives and try to figure out how we can find ourselves in them, we have no obvious qualifications for hearing the good news either. We have no obvious qualifications. We haven't done anything to make us more likely. We haven't done anything to make us deserve hearing the good news. And yet, God has chosen to share this good news with us. And so as we begin to look at these shepherds, we may not be the shepherds, we may not be the social outcasts, we may not be as smelly as these shepherds were, because we have showers and we can use them, but what we do know is that God chose to use the least then, and he still chooses to use the least now. So while these shepherds were the least likely and they were the most unexpected, we can understand that God chose them for a purpose and for a reason. And we are far from God without this good news. And so the question I ask for you is, why the shepherds? But we could also ask, why us? Why would God choose to use us? Why would God choose to use the least, the, the furthest away, the lowliest? Like he did with the shepherds, he still does that with us. And God, is telling the sh- God telling the shepherds says a lot more about God than it does about the shepherds. Because God could have chosen anyone. He could have told anyone, but God chose the shepherds. And so as we begin to look at that, we begin to understand what that is. It says a lot more about his love for people than it does about people's qualifications for love. Mm -hmm. And so as we begin to understand this and we understand that God doesn't call the most likely or most expected, he calls the ones that he needs. Mm -hmm. And aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad about that? So first, we understand that these shepherds were the lowliest. We understand that they are watching the sheep. They are outcasts. They're social uh, outcasts. They're not allowed to be in the, the synagogue or the temple. They're not allowed to come into the city. They're, they're pushed away. They're pushed out because they're not worthy. They don't deserve it. And God yet chooses to use them instead. Number two, we need to walk through this and see how the shepherds reacted to this good news. And we see that this angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of God shone all around them, and they were filled with great fear. I'm not sure that I could think of a better word to describe what that moment might have ensued. Great fear. Because surely this is not an everyday occurrence. Surely this is not something that happens on a normal basis to these shepherds. It doesn't happen to you or I. And so this experience, watching their sheep on a normal night, doing what they normally do in the cold dark winter and suddenly angels show up I can understand why they may have reacted with fear great fear it says but I think Linus said it best in a Charlie Brown Christmas when he said they were sore afraid but then Linus continues and he tells us that they had no reason to be afraid because if we keep reading it says the angel said to them fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A message of good news that will be for all the people. That's why they didn't need to be afraid because this message they were bringing was for all the people. And the good news for you and I is that the same way that all meant all then, it still means all now. We're all included, we're all brought in, and we all receive this message. And so as we begin to look here at at, at all the people, even the shepherds, we can look a little bit further, and it says, For unto you, unto you, even you, the shepherds, we can see that those on the outside, those furthest away, those who deserved it the least, those who were the most unworthy, were included in this good news. They fell under the category of all. Shepherds usually left out, usually excluded, usually thought of as unclean because they weren't allowed to go to the synagogue to get clean because they were working. It makes you wonder, was it the chicken or the egg? Were they excluded because they were unclean or were they unclean because they weren't allowed to get clean? And see, what happens is these shepherds find themselves in in a little bit of a predicament because they would like to get clean, but they can't get clean because they're unclean, and yet God shows up here in this field and he gives them a message of great news that a savior is coming for all of them even unto them the shepherds the ones who were excluded from who would have been excluded from the good news if it was delivered to a righteous man or to a religious elite the one who would never have heard about this story the one who had never been included in this story if it had been given to someone else but the one that would have been included was the one that it was given to the one that should have been excluded was included. Because the good news of Christ's coming was for the least and the last, those furthest away, because all means all. Even to the shepherds. Their initial reaction was fear, but it was soon followed by a, a reaction of humility. Because I think these these shepherds, these, these excluded, normally but now included shepherds realize that they deserve to be excluded. They realized that the way that things were, the structure of things that, that they had been living in, the society, the time that they had been living in, they understood that they deserved to be excluded. And see, now they're finding themselves being included, and they weren't expecting this. They weren't expecting to be included, in the fact that they are, it changes their, their reaction of fear to a reaction of humility. They begin to figure out that we've been included into something we don't deserve to be included in. And God has done something in their lives, God has done something for them that they didn't deserve, they couldn't earn, nor could they ever have expected. But God's inclusion of them shows how God viewed them. They were the ones unable to worship. They were the ones who were outcasts of their society. They were the ones who deserved it the least, and yet God gave them the most. Because that's the way God views us. And without this good news, I think we can see ourselves in the shepherds. I think we can see ourselves identifying a little bit with the unworthiness that we feel when we experience the good news of the gospel. Because when sin entered into the picture in the garden, we suddenly became unworthy. We suddenly became the outcast of the inner circle of Christ. We suddenly became the unworthy, the undeserving. We were excluded from the goodness of God because there is sin in our lives except for the fact that God sent his one and only son to include each and every one of us. Though we are undeserving, though we do not earn it, though we aren't worthy of it, this life-changing good news is sent. The message is delivered and all still means all. And so we begin to try to identify with these shepherds and we begin to try to put ourselves into this situation. And we can read this. It says, unto you, even you, a child is born. And this child will be a savior. He's born in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. We begin to understand this. That The question we must ask ourselves is how are we going to react to news like this? You see, it would be very easy for us to think of ourselves as the, the obvious choice. Like the Pharisees or the religious elite, they began to think of themselves because of their religious ways that they deserved it. They had earned it. Why wouldn't God give us the good news? But that's not what Jesus came to do. That's not what God sent this good news to do. It's easy for us to think that God just dusted us off a little bit when he gave us the good news, but that's... Not the case at all. The reality is is we are just as undeserving as these shepherds. We didn't deserve it. We don't earn it. But God still loved us enough to include us, to send his one and only son. And I don't know about you, but I'm with the shepherds. That's a humbling feeling. To understand that although I didn't deserve it, although I was the furthest away, although I was the lowliest of saints, although I was the least of these, God still loved me enough to send his one and only son to make me worthy and to make each of us worthy. And so this brings us to an interesting fork in the road. It's similar to the one that the shepherds face following this realization that they've been included in to the greatest news of all time. The biggest secret that we could ever have kept has been shared with these shepherds and they've been brought to a fork in the road. Maybe you can remember back on the the playground or at the lunch table when someone told you a secret and you put yourself in a situation where what do I do with this secret? You know the old adage, everybody gets one tell. That's why secrets don't last very long because everybody gets one tell. Did you know that? Anytime you're told a secret, you get one tell. It's a fact. I don't know if you're getting it. (laughs) these shepherds find themselves at a fork in the road they've been told a secret they've been told the good news and now they have a choice to make are they going to keep this secret for themselves or are they going to turn around and be blabbermouths and tell everyone about the secret and lucky for us fortunately for us these shepherds are blabbermouths So look there at verse 15. It says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. You see, now we're going to see how the shepherds responded to this good news. How to to respond to this incredible thing that just happened. The angels show up and and sing to us. Tell us the good news about the the Savior of the world that has been born And we have a choice to make. Do we keep working? Do we keep watching our sheep? Do we keep doing what we're being paid to do? Or do we leave the sheep behind and go figure this out? And the shepherds leave the sheep and they go. And there was no discussion. There was no debate. They got up and they went. They responded in obedience and with urgency. In obedience and with urgency. And notice the word here. It says in verse 16, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't normally use the word haste in sentences, but I can tell you that this is, not, this is the word that basically means they dropped everything and they went. There was no discussion. There was no question. There was no debate. They went. They did not waste any time. They went to Bethlehem and they found the baby just as the angels had told them. This verifies this experience that they just had. This tells them that what the angels just told us is, in fact, the truth. And when this, this truth is revealed to them, when they do, in fact, find the baby lying in a manger just as the angels told them, it radically changes their life. Because look, as it it says here, this was life-changing news. This was something that changed them forever. And and it says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. I mean, I'm sure the people listening to the shepherds tell this account, tell this story, must have thought that, that they had eaten some sheep food or something. Because this is a phenomenal, crazy experience. But these lowly, underqualified shepherds suddenly became bivocational. They're not just shepherds anymore, they're shepherd evangelists. They begin telling of the good news, they begin telling all those around, they recognize the significance of this news, and they became messengers of grace. They recognize that their inclusion in this good news was something that they didn't deserve, something that shouldn't have happened, and yet it did, and they didn't keep it to themselves. They told everyone around. They told anyone that they could come in in contact with. This changed their life because if we look at verse 20, it says, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Because the reality is, is when you truly encounter the good news of the gospel, you are changed. If we look back at Verse 8, these shepherds are out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and they return glorifying God and praising their Father in heaven because of all they had heard and seen. So the connection to us, to these shepherds, is: we've had the opportunity to experience this good news. We've been told this good news from a variety of sources, probably most of us for our whole lives. The question becomes, when you face that fork in the road, when you face the reality that you've been told something that is life-changing, you've been told the greatest news of all time, the reality is, what did you do with it? Because you've been given the greatest news, you've been given the greatest secret of all time, and, and just like I'm unable to keep secrets that are good news, many of us are able to keep those secrets. We've been told the greatest news of all time, but yet we keep it to ourselves, We hold it in our back pockets like it's insurance or something that will keep us from going to hell, but that's not the task that we've been given. See, God giving us the the good news, the amazing story of God sending his son to save us from our sins, to give us eternity, it's highly likely that we don't feel worthy of that. But when we received it, when we experienced it, if it did not change our lives and send us on our way, then we did not experience it. Because these shepherds experienced the good news, and it changed them forever. And so as we understand these shepherds, we understand all that happened on this night, the good news that was shared with them, the question for us tonight is, what do we do now? Because we are faced with a variety of responses, but how we respond to this good news is everything. If we have the ability to keep walking in our daily lives, if we have the ability to keep this type of secret, to keep this good news, the greatest news of all, to ourselves, then we must not think very much of it. Because in every area of our life, we experience secrets, we experience good news, and for many of us, it doesn't take more than a couple minutes for that good news to transfer from this ear out this mouth. But how many of us find ourselves hearing the good news of the gospel and it never comes out of our mouth? That wasn't the case for these shepherds, and I think that's exactly why God chose to tell them first. Because God works in the least of these. He works on the lowest of these, the the ones on the outskirts, the ones who have been uh, excluded from everything, the ones who are the least likely and the most unexpected. Those are the exact ones that God wants to use. And so you may be sitting here tonight hearing the story of the shepherds, and you may be thinking to yourself that you are these shepherds. You feel like you're on the outside. You feel like you don't deserve it. You feel like you, don't, uh, you haven't earned the good news. But the reality is, it's the same way for these shepherds that this good news came for all. It still comes for all. And so many of us in this room, we've heard this story before and we've walked through this before. But the question is, is how are you going to respond differently now? Because as we study this story over the next few weeks and as we begin to understand this good news that has come to us, this good news that should be life-changing to us, the question I want you to walk away with tonight is how are you going to respond to the good news? Because it says everything about how we value the good news and it says everything about how we value Jesus. And so my prayer is that we would not walk away from this text, we would not walk away from this example of the shepherds unchanged. So we would walk away with a new understanding, a, a new uh, in ex- experience of the gospel, the good news that's been given to us. Because if we're able to walk away from the gospel, then it doesn't mean very much. There was a, a kid I went to college with that uh, had a friend uh, that was the craziest person I've ever met, and in more ways than one. And, and he came down a few times to visit my roommate, and, and he was just off the walls. It was the most concerning thing that I'd ever been around. And one weekend, this kid came down to visit my roommate, and he was just the most different person I'd ever seen in my entire life. It was not the same person that was here a month ago. And we were sitting out at the kitchen table, and and I finally just asked him. I said, uh, yo, man, what is up with you? I mean, I'd asked him that before, but it was like just because he was... But he looked at me, and he said, well, I started going to this Bible study with this girl that I liked. And I heard a story about Jesus, and it, it just like it was like I, it was opening my eyes for the very first time and I'll never forget it he sat across the table from me this kid that I was concerned about looked across at me and said because when I experienced that story and when I felt the love of that story it, it shook me and I'll never be the same Now I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but I know by following him on Facebook that he is still doing the same things. He's still living for Christ because when you experience Christ, when you experience the good news, nothing will ever be the same. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day and God bless.